All right, episode 45, catching a buzz coming right at you right now as I'm watching this Brewers game. Um, so we can start right away with talking about the Brewers. Um, I don't know if you had any pleasantries you wanted to start with, Whitey. Uh, well, I think last week I said that, uh, how do you say it, Bali or Bally Sports? Bally Sports. Bally Sports, who I'm, I'm not you know necessarily a big fan of at the moment. I don't think I did anybody. figure out I can watch the games. There's a Fire Stick app, and you just got to log in uh, huh. through, like, your uh, TV provider. It's like I just use my parents' direct TV. But it doesn't work that well. Okay. Like, today well, I was trying to watch the game, and it just wouldn't load. Let me let you in on a little something I figured out this past weekend. Uh, the Watch Fox Sports does not work, but Fox Sports Go app does work. Really? Well, yeah. see, that's the problem, though, is that uh, I don't think Fire Stick has a Watch Sports Go app. Uh, you can always stream from computer. Yeah, I might have to start doing that because I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm only up in lacrosse for another couple weeks anyway. Yeah. But like, man, it just sucks not being able to watch the Brewers every night. But, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit here as we get going. But, yeah, no, it's been a very – I'm happy with how everything's going. Yeah, for sure. We'll get into it right now. Uh, the Brewers took three out of four against the Dodgers. Um, that happened uh, last weekend, Thursday through Saturday – or Thursday through th- Sunday series. Um Pretty electric. We won with Eric Lauer against Eric or what's Trevor Bauer in the first game of that series. Eric Lauer looked like absolute shit last year. He comes out and throws a gem of a game in in his first start of the year, which was awesome to see. Um, You might remember the the Sunday afternoon game when we got beat a billion to two. Uh, You know what? It's going to happen. It already happened against the Cubs earlier on in the season. I don't care what the fuck the score was in the final series of that game or final game of that series. We took three out of four. That's all I care about. Yeah. You take three out of four against the best, arguably the best team in baseball and the reigning world series champs. I'm going to take that every time had a late inning comeback. What was it? The 10th inning. We were down two in the bottom of the 10th and came back to win six to five off uh, Travis Shaw walk off. Yep. Uh, that was the same game where Dustin May for the Dodgers blew out his elbow. Just saw today. He's got to get Tommy John. Uh, oh, it was confirmed and... Tommy John? Yeah. Damn. That, that's like, I you hate to see him pitch well against you, but he is going to be such a great pitcher. That that really sucks. Just for like the game. And I know it's kind of like, oh, you're a pussy. You're talking about the, the love of the game or, or the, the watchability of the game. No, Dustin May was going to be something special down there in, in L.A., that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does suck. I mean, especially like watching it happen live. Like as soon, anytime you see a pitcher get hurt, unless they like roll their ankle on the mound, I think everybody just kind of assumes like, yeah, yeah, that's not going to be good. And he immediately yeah. came off. So yeah, well, it did suck to see today that it is confirmed Tommy John. When I was watching, it looked like it was his knee at first because he, like, whipped his leg across after he followed through. And I was like, oh, he just sprained a knee or something. Damn, you – yeah, because it was a UCL injury, um, which is synonymous with Tommy John. So, yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. But the Brewers come out of that series, uh, <clears throat> and they're getting their major players back. Uh, Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich started today against the Phillies. Uh, they've been on – the 10 day IL for what seems like 25 days. Uh, it's been tough watching the Brewers without him, but the Brewers have succeeded. So the guys like Billy McKinney are stepping up. Daniel Robertson stepping up. 
Um, it hasn't been too much of a setback as far as uh, winning games has gone. They are currently tied for first in the uh, National League, one game ahead ahead of the Cardinals in the NL Central. Um, I don't know what to think about this NL Central so far, but it seems like every team's pretty decent. Like we we said earlier on before the season started, I think uh, that that you know it's it's four teams looking for two spots in the Central because you're likely going to get a wild card from the Central. Um, and I mean, it's just the Pirates hanging off the back um, of the division, but it looks like all five teams are going to somewhat compete. I mean, throwing the Pirates into it all. Well, yeah, uh, Pirates are sitting four and a half games back of the Brewers. Cubs are sitting five back. And yeah, you got to assume that at least one of those two is going to continue to fall away. But there's also a good, pretty good chance that one of them, if not both, can continue to stay competitive. And yeah, I mean... Really, just looking across the NL, if you take out the Rockies, it's pretty tight across the board. The Marlins are in last in the NL East. They're only two and a half games back. Granted, the Mets have barely played any games, (laughs) uh, and the Marlins are five under 500, but it's still tight. And then taking out the Rockies, who are horrible and are seven games back, uh, the fourth-place team in the NL West is the Diamondbacks, who are yeah just two games back of the – Giants for first in the NL West. Yeah, that was playing really well right now. Um, one thing I'd like to say to any Rockies fans or, or any part of the Rockies organization, fuck you. Like, there were 25 other teams you could have traded Nolan Aronado to, but you trade to a division rival? Like, what the fuck is that shit? He's I, – I think he is the most underrated baseball player on the planet, and now he's just going to fuck us for years to come with, with St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, that one sucks. And it, another thing that pisses me off about Nolan Arenado, I guess this is more about the fans. Everyone thought Nolan Arenado's home run power was because he played in Denver. No, that dude's still lighting it up and he's playing in fucking St. Louis. It doesn't matter where that dude plays. He's going to be great. I hate that he's on the Cardinals now. Um, but hey, you got to deal with it. One last note about the Brewers. Uh, Kesson Hira sent down today um with the uh with with Yelich and, and Kane joining um the major league roster we had to send a couple guys down uh Kesson Hero is one of them any thoughts why you uh you just hope he can find his bat you know like that was always the thing it's like well he's not gonna play great defense but like he's he's gonna be a good hitter for you yeah. had him at second base and it showed that he wasn't the best defensively uh, moved him to first, and his bat just hasn't came back to kind of what it was when he first came up. So hopefully getting sent down, he can kind of work on some of that stuff, try some new stuff, get that all figured out. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, you got to send somebody down. So Yeah, uh, it, it's tough because, like, I know I don't know anybody that's been rooting against him. Like, every single Brewers fan I know wants Kesson to succeed, and obviously – you want the t- uh, players playing for your team to succeed. Um, but it's just like we heard so many things about him in AAA. He was batting like 340 before we called him up a couple of years ago with leading his division or his conference and home runs down there. Um, and you thought you were going to get that exact same thing once he got to the MLB his first year up because he hit pretty damn well. And I was like, damn, we finally got a uh, – well, he was playing second, playing – shuffling in at shortstop every now and then. Um, but just a middle infielder that could hit the ball 
and I, I was so excited for it. And he lost it. He lost it last year for sure. He, he wasn't hitting well at all. Comes out this season, doesn't hit well at all. Um, I mean, and he, he was hitting balls hard, but everything was, everything was routine pretty much wherever he was hitting it. Kind of unlucky in that sense, but also like you're getting the bat on the ball, but you got to put it in places where they aren't. Um, and that's tough. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is a quick uh, two, three week stint down there um, just to figure everything out. I'd rather, I'd rather send him down there and let him stay down there till he figures it out uh, rather than bringing him back up because we need him again. Maybe he didn't fix everything down there, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, not much else to say. Like you said, easy guy to root for and Hey, now's the time to try new stuff and see if you can get it going. Yeah. Next up, we got NHL. The, the playoff race is coming to a close. Most teams have five, four, six games left in their regular season. And uh, just continue with the theme of the last couple episodes. I'll let you go first, Whitey. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Blackhawks. <laughs> uh, got after tonight, got four games left, eight points back of the Preds. Uh, currently losing in our you know fifth to last game as it being played right now four to one in the third to the Canes. Yeah, I mean pack pack it up, stay healthy, and move on, boys. Yeah, sounds about right. And to be completely honest, um, I wanted to bring up a point that our I think we did a predictions right before the season started. It was like four days before the season started. I'm pretty sure I said that the Preds were going to get the fourth spot because three teams are way better than them. And you said that the Blackhawks obviously rebuilding years. So I, we were pretty damn, pretty damn accurate with that. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, Hey, let, might as well take a snapshot right now. The Canes are leading. I picked the lightning. I don't know who you picked to win the central. Yeah. I, 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 I'd assume I took the lightning. Uh, yeah, and then let's see here. The West, the, the, uh, the Vegas Panthers Gold the, Knights. No, I picked the Panthers them. were the surprise in the Central for sure. Or the, yeah, the Central for sure, because I didn't even think they could even put together a season like this. Um, yeah, uh, what, what were you just saying about the West? Uh, no, I picked the Golden Knights. I think, did you go Avalanche? Yeah, I think I went, I went Avalanche this year. Yeah, they're sitting in second. The North, uh, I went with the Oilers. They're currently nine points out behind the Leafs. I think you went I Oilers, too? I definitely went Oilers, too. And then and the then East, I think I, I went, went Bruins. Yeah, I think I went Bruins, too, and they're five points back. But I think all our picks are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's hockey to an extent as far as, you're for the most part, you're able to predict when teams are going to be good because when teams are bad in this league, they're really bad. The Red Wings. I mean, they had that run. Everybody that I feel like that had that run in the late two thousands is now terrible, but yeah, it's somewhat easy to predict as far as just your top team that you pick in every division is going to make the playoffs. They're not going to drop out of the top four. Um, But yeah, I I think we were pretty damn spot on as far as picks. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into what I know you want to talk about. <laughs> the Central Division in the National Hockey League, led currently by the Hurricanes, then the Lightning, then the Panthers. Um, we're waiting for that fourth spot to be confirmed. Predators currently in position. Possibly to confirm- you. 
possibly you which <laughs> now the question okay so i'll start out with uh their preds social media team started using vibin for like whenever we win the preds are vibing like they're they're on a roll or whatever don't hate it but don't love it i mean like i'd rather have it be something more badass but they are yeah, i'm, I'm right. leaning towards hate yeah yeah me too uh, but they are currently vibing. They're leading Columbus 3-0 after two periods tonight. I'm sure they just started their third period here um, pretty recently. They control their own destiny in the race for the fourth central spot. Um, they beat Dallas, which was a huge win um, last Saturday, I believe it was. Um, that win was pretty much uh, the turning point in the season because the the Stars had a couple more games left um, more than the Preds. And the Preds needed that bad to stay ahead of them. Uh, they got the win in overtime, one to zero. I think that's, I think they've they've played like eight games this season, and six of them have gone to overtime. So it's a pretty damn close heat for that four spot between Dallas and the Preds. Um, once again, beating teams we should, losing to teams we should. It's the way the season's gone. Um, we've gotten a lot of important players back from the from the injured list. Um, just in time for playoffs, one of our biggest, one of our best players, Philip Forsberg, is finally back. Um, probably best goal scorer on the team, so it's great to have him back. Um, last three games are against Columbus again, and then two against Carolina at home. But it doesn't really matter at this point. If we get the four seed, we're playing Carolina in the first series, and we're going to get shut out four to zero or three to zero or however long they're they're going to make these first round playoffs. Um, so basically, we're just hoping to participate in the playoffs. It's not going to go anywhere near um, what I would want them to do. So I've accepted that. Yeah. I mean, acceptance is the first step. Uh, I've, you know, accepted that, Hey, last year was kind of a fluke only got in because of COVID. Yep. Uh, and Hey, it's rebuild season. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not sure about the NFL or NHL draft because I'm not too well versed in it was the everybody has an equal shot at the number one pick last year because of COVID or was that a thing they do? I thought that was just because of COVID. I don't know. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but if, like, that's a, if that's a thing I, again, I, I might I might want the Preds to go down. I mean, yeah, like I don't really follow. I mean, there's not really. I don't follow the NHL draft or the MLB draft. Mm-hmm. So I am not the person to ask. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we we are not very well versed as a podcast in NHL drafts. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the NHL. Um, well, at least for the Preds. Preds are going to get in the playoffs most likely, and then lose in the first round probably by a sweep. But you know, shit happens. Okay, okay. Here's how it is. The uh, I think according to Tankathon.com, it is not. Sure. It does not appear that everybody has an equal chance. It's like Buffalo has an 18% chance okay. to get the number one pick, 16% to get the number two, and 65% chance to get three. Or I'm guessing that's three or better. Yeah. You know what You know what makes the NFL or NHL draft kind of boring to me is that you have these once in a generation talents like every six years in the draft. And then the rest of it's just like, and eh, just kind of random first overall picks. Cause obviously Lafreniere this year going to New York, we had Crosby, um, McDavid. I mean, I guess it happens more often. Than I think I'm thinking of, uh, 
McKinnon, Austin Matthews. No, but I know what you're saying. There's not like a whole lot of buzz around like the entire drafts. And I'm sure there is if you're like a diehard NHL follow everything type person. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, One last thing. Forgot about it. Cole Caulfield scores his first goal ever in the NHL, and it's an overtime winner against the Senators. What a huge moment for him. Super cool to watch that. Um, I feel like he is going to be, like, the first Badger I've ever, like, followed out of college because, like, I mean, in 2006, I watched the Final Four team, but I never followed what they did from there, like, to start their career and everything. Um, So it's going to be kind of cool to watch him progress as a Canadian, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean – what the best player? I mean, I guess him and Jeffrey on are the only two that have ever won the Hobie Baker. Yeah, I don't know what the hell Jeffrey on did in his <laughs> NHL career. No chance. Um, yeah, that should be it for NHL. We'll go on to NBA right now. You wanna you wanna start out the NBA? Yeah, I figured we'd get a little bit more NBA talk. Yeah, we're going a little more doing. in depth today. Yeah, get some get some stats going. Get a little analysis. Well. I don't know how deep the analysis is going to go, but uh, yes, yeah, so the last night the Bucks played the Nets. Bucks won 117 to 114. Uh, Giannis outdueled KD. Giannis scored 49 points. KD scored a measly 42 points. Uh, good game. I think the Bucks were down nine at the end of the first and came back to took the lead at halftime. Uh, that splits the season series at one game apiece. Game three of that season series is going to be tomorrow night. Bucks now sit 40 and 24, which puts them third in the East. Three games back from the 76ers, who lead four games ahead of the Knicks, who sit behind them in fourth. And a little point I wanted to mention just because I'm not, I don't know what it is about the 76ers. Maybe it's that we were both rebuilding at the same time and theirs got more credit and more attention. But for whatever reason, I do not like the 76ers. So I just want to point out the Bucks have swept the Sixers this season 3-0. to zero. It, And honestly, it could come in huge if the Bucks get hot down the stretch and the 76ers falter a little bit. I mean, let it, let it, let it be known. If the Bucks lose this game tomorrow night against Brooklyn, they're just going to shut it down and, and – rest for the playoffs if they win that game they take the uh the tie break over the nets and they're only half game back of them and then you're sitting there only probably a game back of, of the 76ers which could be huge if you could somehow get that one seed probably not going to be likely but that one seed is more important this year i feel like than most years because the four five game of this uh, of the eastern conference is going to be the knicks versus God knows who, but if you can play the Knicks in the second round, hello, I'd take that every day of the week. I don't care how good they're playing, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a series you're going to want to target. And to top it off in the first round, you get a team coming in on a plan. So maybe that factors factors into it. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, if you can get the one seed and at any time, you got to do what you can to get it done. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's going to be – you know what it's going to be? It's going to be – if we get the three seed, we're going to have to probably play the Heat in the first round. I don't want to do that again. Oh, God. No, thank you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, it's getting time um, that we 
start watching more Bucks games, so we're going to be talking about it more. Um, this was maybe the second game I've watched from start to finish this year. So good job, Phil, for for sitting through the game. It, it was a playoff type atmosphere, very easy to watch. Not like most of the games you see in the NBA regular season. So I was happy to do it. But yeah, I think that was my second game watching the whole thing. Hey, yeah, like you said, good for Phil. Yeah, good for Phil. Um, next up, uh, God, this is a sucky topic. And I have no idea what I'm going to say about it, but we're talking about the NFL. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's been a lot of news about him. He took over the news on draft night. He took over the news this whole past week, talking about how he thinks his time is done and does not want to play in Green Bay anymore. That's tough to hear as a Packer fan. Then you get all these rumors from reporters. Oh, I have sources that say he's going to Denver. It's as good as done. Fuck you, Mark Schlereth. You have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Um, what do you think, Whitey? Well, <clears throat> I think uh, it, it's a lot of, even though it was draft weekend and the media had plenty to talk about, I think it was a little bit of, hey, there's a you know Hall of Fame quarterback that might want out. Let's run with it. Uh, I know Mike Tirico talked to Rogers at the Kentucky Derby and I believe it was Rogers saying like he was pretty much said he was pissed that this all got out because he kind of wanted that to be handled um, a little bit more in house. And like he talked about how he loves, you know, Green Bay and loves the fans and everything. And then it kind of shifted to in the media. Oh, it's between him and the GM, like either they fire Goody or he's gone type thing. And at the end of it all, like he's nobody still really has any clue what's going on. Nobody has any idea exactly what Rogers wants. And it's just kind of one of those situations where at least for me, I'm just kind of like, well, you know what? Like, let's just sit back and see what actually happens because there's just so much information being put out there. It happens all the time. You look at any big story, like even with Russell Wilson, it was like, oh, he's for sure gone. Like, what went wrong in Seattle? Like, where is he going to go next? And now he's now he's still on the Burton. Seahawks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much done. With, I've been done with this whole situation um, once the uh, the Denver rumors were, were squashed pretty quickly. I know there's still some going on around, but um, I've been pretty much done since this whole thing started. Um, until I actually get factual information from somebody that I – from either, either Rodgers or the Pack. I mean, the Packers have said some stuff or heard some rumors out of their camp. Um, it's just kind of – it's just another fucking thing we got to deal with as, as a Green Bay fan, as, a, as an Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, we had this – all the rumors swirling around last year with the Jordan Love pick. Um, but – Sneaky, sneaky um, candidate for who could be causing this? Shailene Woodley. Could she be at the at the bottom of the the whole thing? Uh, people are talking. People are people talking. are talking and that Woodley people, doesn't want to live in Green Bay. People might be saying, "Oh, we heard her say she likes Green Bay," but that couldn't have been true. She's a West Coast. She's a she's a movie star. She don't want to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. She could be at the whole, the bottom of this whole thing, and I wouldn't be surprised. Let it be known. Uh, you never know. My another thing about it with me too is like, I, people are acting like the Packers were blindsided with all this, <laughs> but it came out that Goody 
Mark Murphy and Lafleur have all flown out to meet with Rogers privately, like per each individually in the off season. Yeah. So they knew this was going on. They knew he was, they, I mean, they knew he was pissed and hopefully they work it out. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's all I got is like, hopefully this works out. I don't want Rogers gone. I don't want Gutekunst gone. I just want one big happy family. I think that's in everybody's, everybody's the back of their minds is no matter how they like, there's a billion ways this could go down. If everybody's just a happy family at the end of all of it, everybody, everyone would be very happy besides maybe Bears fans. Um, but I think a good reason that a lot of people don't want Goody gone is because of this draft. Well, I'm not sure about other people's feelings. I haven't talked to anybody really about the draft. I liked our draft a lot. And I've seen a bunch of shit grades from a bunch of reporters on Twitter talking about, oh, the, this is just the nail in the coffin for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, whether Aaron Rodgers is here or not, we have to pick for our team. And Goody did that perfectly this year. I thought his draft was great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had a pick. Like we'll talk, he had a pick. I think Rodgers is good. Had a few picks. I think Rodgers should like. But other than that, like you said, he built. He picked for the team we have and the team we are going to have moving forward. I don't. I. I mean, hey better man than me for doing this. I don't think he picked to appease Rogers. I think he did the smart thing. And said, I would have hey. gone, I would have gone. If I was, if I was GM right now, I would have gone wide receiver. I would have gone O-line and I would have gone wide receiver again, probably. Cause I'm an idiot. Oh, I probably would have went <laughs> receivers with my first three rounds and then went O-line for the remaining picks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get a corner in there. And that's the difference between guys who sit on the couch and watch the draft versus the guys who are in the chairs making the picks. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good segue into looking at the picks that uh, Brian Gutekunst made. First round went Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. If I was going to try to guess, I'm going to go ahead and say they wanted Bateman. Uh, yep. But he went to the Ravens a couple picks before us. I know they were doing a lot of research into Bateman. But I think they got a hell of a corner in Eric Stokes. He's fast. Obviously, he's been playing good competition at Georgia. Um, I liked the pick. Yeah, I, I really liked it as well. He talked about he's fast. He ran a 4 2 which is ridiculous. Um, he's super athletic, has a 40-inch vertical or something like that. Um, and what, the thing that I loved about um, Stokes in this pick is that he reminds me a lot of Jair in the fact that SCCO coordinators just said, don't throw it to him because he's going to do something that's going to hurt your team. It's just like Jair. People don't throw to him now because he's going to fuck up your offensive uh, rhythm or anything you're trying to do. Eric Stokes, from what I heard, pretty much did the same thing down there in Georgia against SEC competition, which is huge. Yeah, so I think we're both in agreement. It's like the pick. Looking at the second round, uh, again, a pick that, you know, is easy to say like, oh, it's not what we needed. Well, it is. We went yeah, with the center, just lost one of the best centers in the league in Corey Lindsley. So we went right back to his alma mater, got Josh Myers, the center out of Ohio State. Uh, I know some people and at the like myself included thought, well, why don't you go Creed Humphrey, uh, the center from Oklahoma? He went the very next pick. Uh, but nonetheless, again, second round hammered out of a glaring need that I think a lot of people keep forgetting about that we have. Yeah. And everything, 
everything gets deduced to, hey, we need a wide receiver. Hey, we need a wide receiver. Hey, we need another weapon on offense. Okay, we just prop more so than ever. These two picks were were our biggest needs. I mean, it bring Kevin King back on a one year deal, but that's just a short term band aid fix for any problems that we saw last year. Um, so yeah, go cornerback and then center. I couldn't have been. Obviously, I wanted Rashad Bateman. It looked like the perfect fit. I knew the Packers were super interested in him. And he had been the talk of the town around around. Packers Twitter for a while and it looked like it was going to fall to us it didn't happen this is the best next best scenario or the the best possible scenario even if Rashad Bateman was on was on the board yeah I, yeah yeah I mean you fill a big need and then you know looking at the third round as we move on hammered out another need finally got the receiver that everybody's been wanting uh since the last draft last draft and we got a good one. Amari Rogers has fallen. Goody went after a guy he wanted, traded up nine spots to get him. And Amari Rogers isn't a type of dude that has blazing speed and is going to be a consistent home run hitter. But I think he can kind of have that like traditional, you know, scat back slot role where you can put him anywhere on the field. You can put him in the backfield. He did that at Clemson. And he's going to get you catches. He's going to make guys miss. And he's going to get extra yards in the middle of the field. And honestly, you couldn't have asked for like a better, better couple of traits from a wide receiver as far as the Packers go. Everyone's walk, wanting this big number one target. We have Devontae Adams. He's not the biggest, but he's goddamn the most athletic and the best wide receiver in the National Football League. You have Lazard who's stepping into his own and becoming an, a legitimate number two on a great offense. The Packers needed a little guy, a, a quick, twitchy, fast not fast in the traditional sense but i think this dude could sneak behind some dbs um on, on some crossing patterns and stuff like that i think this was a great pick i i, I said earlier on um that i love this draft and the first three picks were were amazing for me yeah and then we just kind of go in through you know the rest of the draft you got anything specific you want to talk about with any of these guys uh no just just a shout out to van Landon, but we'll get there later yeah, so in the fourth round, we went with an offensive guard out of Ole Miss, Royce Newman. Uh, fifth round to Daryl Slayton, D-tackle out of those Gators I love to talk about. Uh, fifth round pick, got Shamar Jean Charles, a defensive back, lies a corner from App State, who I believe was an All-American. Mm, I think so. I, I think he was at least second team All-American. Yeah. Uh, sixth round, got some, got another inside linebacker, Isaiah McDuffie out of Boston College. And then just to get some running back depth, went Kylan Hill, running back out of Mississippi State in the seventh round. And then one more pick that we'll talk about in the next segment. Yeah, I um, I wasn't paying too much attention towards the end of the draft. Um, I'm not one of those guys that watches every single pick. Um, but it was to my understanding that Kylan Hill was – with somebody who that scouts thought were, was going to go a little earlier in the draft, we were able to pick him up as he, as he fell down to the seventh. I'm not sure if you heard anything about that. Uh, no, I did not. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, running back depth, never, never the worst thing in the world. We lose Jamal this past off season. Might as well just pick up another one in the late rounds and see what he can do. Yeah. I mean, like with the way running back turnover is in terms of like switching teams and the you know injuries that happen at the position i don't think you can have too many solid running backs especially all on rookie deals oh oh 
the uh <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm watching the Brewer game right now. And um the couple a couple games were postponed across the the Great Lakes region because of weather. And I'm sure if you're in Wisconsin, you experienced that within the past 24 hours. It is downpouring in Philly right now. Absolutely. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, oh, shit. Is that the eighth already? All right. Well, I thought it was a little earlier on, hoping to get this game postponed or whatever, but they're not going to do that. They're just going to call it if it gets too bad. Um, but, yeah, we'll go on to more draft talk, the Badgers. Badgers had three players selected in this year's draft um the earliest being a, a surprise for me as far as isaiah loudermilk getting taken by the steelers in the fifth round he was getting seventh round grades for most of this draft process i'm not sure how he shot up so high um but i i mean steelers like what they get in, in badger players so might as well take one while you got a chance to um rashad wild goose goes to the bills at pick 213 um He's going to be a developmental player. Obviously, he wasn't he wasn't fully developed coming into this draft process. I think the Bills got a good one that that if they let him stay around for a while, he, he can really turn some heads. And then uh, the one draft pick for the Packers we skipped, Cole Van Landen. The pick after Rashad Wild Goose goes two fourteen to the Packers. Love to see the hometown kid play for the hometown team. Uh, grew up like fifteen minutes away from from Green Bay and, and was watching the draft at home. So you know he's taking the next morning commute um, over to Lambeau. I, I, I love when Packers get uh, get a Wisconsin guy. And, and, you know, we missed out on TJ Watt, obviously one of the greatest defensive players in the game right now. That that stung. Um, but it's nice nice whenever you get a Wisconsin guy going to Green Bay. Yeah, went 0 for 3 on the, on the Watt brothers. But, yeah, I mean, especially when, like, it's one thing to get a Wisconsin player, but another to get a – like guy from the Green Bay area. Yeah. Super sick. I, I love to see that. Um, you want to talk Bears? <laughs> yeah. So the Bears made a move. Everybody's been talking about how are they gonna get a quarterback uh with pick number 20 as Justin Fields was falling. Ryan Pace made a move to go get him. Uh gave up a bunch of picks to move up from 20 to 11. But the prize for giving up those picks was Justin Fields, who you and I have both been very high on. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops. You know, Matt Nagy came into the head coaching job, kind of touted as this QB guru and how he develops quarterbacks. And then Trubisky never turned into anything. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what Matt Nagy can do with Justin Fields. I say interesting only because I didn't want to come out and say I'm nervous. Yeah. Well, um, and the thing about the Bears is that, first of all, let it be known, this is another situation where if this doesn't pan out, you gave away a bunch of shit to go up and grab Fields. Obviously, Fields, people were saying second or third best quarterback in this draft. Some people had Trubisky that high. But it was, it, it's a very clear distinction from what people saw see in Fields compared to what people saw in Trubisky. Completely different. People are way higher on Fields, obviously. Um, but you given up a lot to go get him. And I thought it was, I thought it was the right move for Chicago. I thought um, New England might be targeting the same thing, um, but we'll talk about them a little later. I do not like having Justin Fields in this division, but it's also funny to me that the last like 14 Instagram posts by the bears account have all been Justin Fields. 
I thought that was hilarious. And somebody tweeted it. They said, uh, tell me you've never had a QB1 before without telling me you've never had a QB1, you know, that TikTok trend. Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Uh, I thought it was a good grab by the Bears, but, you know, sucks to see him in the division. Also, I saw another tweet that said, without Aaron Rodgers, if, if Aaron Rodgers were to leave the NFC North, Justin Fields now became the best quarterback in the division. You never seen that dude play an NFL down. Yeah, like let's tone it back a little bit. And, and that was that know, was like as Mel much Kuiper. potential as he has. Like that was Mel Kuyper. Relax. Fuck off, Mel. <laughs> like, how can you say that? You 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 make these prospects out to be these great quarterbacks already that have never played a fucking down in the NFL. It doesn't make any sense to me. But speaking of other quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence goes number one. Zach Wilson, number two, Trey Lance, number three, and Mac Jones falls to 15 going to New England. Um, it seemed like everybody in the world got their guy they wanted on, on the first night of draft night. Yeah, I mean, or at least, you know, somewhat got the guy they wanted, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, well, one, I was talking about the Lance pick. I was surprised he went, well... I wasn't surprised he went number three because, you know, I thought – I didn't think he was the third best quarterback, but I thought he was a lot better than Mac Jones. But just with all the talk about Mac Jones, it was interesting. One point, though, about that pick is that uh, on the day of the draft, Vegas switched the odds for the favorite to uh, – for who the Niners would take for Mac Jones as a heavy favorite all the way then flip to Trey Lance as the heavy favorite on draft day. It's, it's weird to me. They, San Fran had to have absolutely fallen in love with this Lance kid because you're telling me that everything that Lance does, Fields can't do? Like, I feel, I feel like you have the more polished product. Maybe the, the potential is there for Lance to be better than Fields at the end of the day. But it just it baffled me that San Fran never really took Fields seriously at three. Like what? Well, and what I think it, you know, what I think it could be a little bit too is Lance played a whole lot less, started one season at North Dakota State and then played one game in this uh, COVID season. And so, yeah, you know, as many times as it's like, oh, we didn't get to see him play enough. Well, maybe sometimes when you don't see him play enough, you don't see the things they don't do great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, the consensus was right before the draft started that was going to be Lance. You, you mentioned that it switched over um, in the Vegas odds. I was just kind of kind of baffled by it. I mean, not not because of the switch to Lance or or the switch to Jones, whichever one you want to talk about. It was the fact that Fields was never really in the question, except for like two tweets on like a month before draft, or probably it was right after Fields Pro Day or something when they took a picture with a San Fran guy next to Fields, and they were like, ooh, could be the next greatest connection. But, yeah, I, I didn't see anything about Fields going to San Fran after that. Like we said, Jones Falls in New England. Um, it seemed like the perfect fit. Even though even though they were six rounds apart, people were making comparisons of, of Brady to, to Mac Jones as coming out of college, you know? Yeah, you got an unathletic dude who can sit <laughs> back there and, you know, throw the ball around. That, I mean, and that, that – shirtless pick after the national championship came back around on the social media spectrum. That was funny because I love that pick so much. Just stogie ripping out the mouth with his shirt off, mm -hmm. looking like, looking like he's about to go mow his lawn and in, in Tuscaloosa for the day. Uh huh. 
Um, you want to go undrafted? Yeah, so there was a few notable uh, undrafted free agents. At least I thought it was pretty surprising. I have no idea who any of these people are. So, really, I I mean, it, probably I, I don't recognize their their names. Don't ring any bells in my mind. All right. Well, we had Dylan Moses, uh, the linebacker from Alabama, who I think has been committed to Bama, or he might have committed to LSU when he was in eighth grade, and then flipped to Bama. And it feels like he's been, you know, in the draft forever, but finally was in the draft. Uh, didn't get drafted, drafted surprisingly. <laughs> uh, now he signed with the Jags. Another one that I oh thought was kind of... Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, the fucking... I just got a notification from ESPN. I just turned those on like a week ago to follow my teams because I didn't want to keep looking on the internet what the score was and everything because um, I'm an idiot and I didn't have that enabled beforehand. Big mistake. Yeah, the Preds almost just blew the game. Uh, they won in overtime, four to three, after giving up three goals in the fucking third. Jesus Christ! All right, back to back to draft. <clears throat> uh, yeah, another notable undrafted free agent, Jarrett Patterson, signs with the Washington Football Team after the draft. That was uh, Buffalo's stud running back who was running uh, wild in the shortened season. Okay, I know him. Well. F- First of all, fuck you, Washington, for even thinking about taking a running back when you got the greatest running back in the game already. Yeah, 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 you and Gibson. <laughs> uh, next, Jamie Newman. This one wasn't as surprising, but, you know, seeing a quarterback who gets a lot of talk, is, I guess, is always surprising when he doesn't even go in the seventh. Uh, he was the quarterback who was at Wake Forest, started for them, transferred to Georgia, and then sat out this year. Uh, because, or, yeah, just sat out of the year. Uh, and then lastly, Marvin Wilson signs with the Browns. Wilson was a defensive tackle for Florida State, who coming into the year was projected to be not only a first-round pick, like a top-ten pick. What happened? I, he I, I don't know. Did he play the whole season? Uh, he. Let me look here. I think he might have sat out, but yeah, that's that's baffling to, to go go from that to being undrafted. Wow. Uh, let's see here, Marvin Wilson. No, he was the number nine player on Mel Kiper's early 2021 NFL draft big board, and said he. Oh, and this article says he never considered skipping the season. Huh. That's that's just strange. Um. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh yeah, but he goes to the Browns if we didn't mention that already. Um I think that's it for the NFL, right? Should yeah, be. I mean, shout out to the Jaguars for having James Robinson as an undrafted free agent uh, and tear oh, the yeah. league apart and then draft Travis Etienne with a first round pick when they have a lot more holes than at running back. Yeah, that was I mean, I feel like the whole world was in consensus go db with your second pick in the first round nope yeah and then greg newsome the stud corner from northwestern went the next pick yeah that was wild to me um but yeah i uh, don't think there's anything else besides uh what we got to close out the episode which is everybody's favorite nascar yeah so uh this past sunday at kansas we had the bushy mcbush race 400 who, who won the Bushy McBush race? Kyle Bush. Fuck. <laughs> you was, can't I, make it up. It was either going to be fucking one of the Bushes or it was going to be Harvick in the Bush car. 
Yeah, I think it just had to be. Yeah. Uh, what kind of is pissing me off is like all these websites are refusing to call it the Bushy McBush race. They're just calling it the Cup Series race at Kansas. Yeah, I saw that. All like people like NASCAR wonders why they're not getting any young new fans and nobody cares about the sport. It's because you're having everybody. It's like golf where you have all these traditionalists trying to say like, oh, like that's a disrespect to the sport. No, the sponsor of the race said they wanted to call it like they wanted the fans yeah. to choose and the fans chose. The fans chose and they chose Bushy McBush race. Obviously, um, one of the one of the greatest trolls of all time was when uh, this this sort of thing started as far as um, the trend to do it, Mick, Mick whatever. Um, there was a thing in England about they were naming some duck or something. They called it Ducky McDuck or something. Anyway, uh, the internet trolls got to it, and, and they, they rightfully won Bushy McBush race, the name of the race. And now they, they don't want to acknowledge that. kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I don't like it, but it is what it is. Uh, the next race, one of my favorites of the year, this Sunday, uh, the race, well, first race of the year at Darlington. So looking forward to that one. That's always a fun one to tune into. Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for Darlington. Um, I did watch quite a bit of the Bushy. Um, I, I was flipping back and forth between whenever there were commercials for the Bucks game. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch. I was hoping... Who's the young gun who was leading for the 150 laps of it? Larson? Uh, let me look here quick. He got he got spun out in the last like two laps after the caution. Almost. Yeah, here, just let me look up Bushy McBush race. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Uh-huh. Or no, was it it wasn't Blaney, no. Kyle Larson. Was it Kyle Larson? Yeah, Kyle Larson was leading for, for what seemed like the entire race. I feel like, and then, um, yeah, you got spun out by, God, I, 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 I can't remember. But uh, also, Denny Hamlin, um, I don't know if he just lost some traction and slid up the bank into the wall, but he he goes down and has some front end damage. Um, pretty much his whole side was damaged. He got back up into I think twelfth to finish off the race. Um, I'm not sure how, how your guys did. I wasn't really paying attention to them. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't even get to watch the race. Uh, partly my fault, partly not. Uh, so on you Sunday, I did the not. Bushy McBush. What's that? You were protesting the Bushy McBush. No, no, no. I was in favor. <laughs> uh, pro Bushy McBush race. Uh, so, but, you know, let's call it how it is. Uh, Saturday okay. night was rough. Didn't get out of bed till one 30 on Sunday okay. afternoon. Okay. So just going to get out in front of it. That happened. Uh, and then my roommate forgot to drop off the rent check on his way home. So then me and my other roommate drove to Toma and back. Oh, you gotta so, go. You gotta do rent there. Uh, usually we mail it. Oh, but he was going home. So he was going to drop it off. And then since rent was due today, I uh, had to drop it off. Makes sense. That shit sounds like it sucks, though. Um, it wasn't great. <laughs> All right. Anything else um, you want to talk about for this episode? No, I think that's it. I think we're, uh, I, well, I'm, I don't want to jinx it. I'll knock on wood. But uh, we are kind of getting back into a schedule. Yeah. And it'll be a little easier. Um, you're only up in lacrosse for a couple more weeks, right? 
yeah, I think we'll have one more episode while I'm up here, and then I'll be back home for, uh, you know, May, June, and July. Back in the fucking studio. Let's go. I'm super pumped about that. Yeah, so, uh, oh, hey, we are now on TikTok. Oh, yeah, follow uh, TikTok. Let me, let me find the username. NAF the username sports. is NAF underscore sports. Follow on the TikTok. We're, yep. we're, we're, we're up in our game as far as keeping in the, in the know with the, with the youngins and the street use. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're all good. All right, guys, that was episode 45 of catching a buzz. Almost to the big five. Oh, almost over the hill, whatever you want to call it. We're almost there. Thanks for listening to another great episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Wow.